You're listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Fellowship Baptist Church is located in Clark Lake, Michigan. Today's message is part of our Adult Sunday School series. Adult Sunday School is taught by a variety of different men in our church. Now let's prepare our hearts as our Sunday School teacher brings forth God's truths from His Word today. Wow, it's nice to have this new pulpit. Thank you, Mr. Corsher. I really appreciate that. Nice and sturdy. The first thing I thought when I saw this, though, a couple weeks ago, and I thought, man, that's going to work out really good for five out of the six teachers. And I thought, well, what happens if Mr. Westheimer gets up here? He's going to be like this, looking right at his Bible, because can't, he can't adjust the pulpit. So, luckily, luckily... <laughs> That's going to be distracting. So well, we can maybe find the old pulpit and bring it out for Mr. Westheimer. That's, not, that's next month. So we got a whole four weeks to think about that. I just want to prepare you for that in case you're wondering what's going to happen. So, all right. Well, I'm excited to teach here today. Um, had some stuff that we were thinking about doing here. Of course, you know, this happens twice a uh, year for to get up here and to speak. And it's, you know... Like all good procrastinators, you kind of wait till the very last minute and then be like, oh man, I got to do my lesson. I can't believe it snuck up me again. Six months, I had the whole time prepared for this and here it is again. Um, but I had a lesson, a series of lessons I was going to preach. And uh, two weeks ago, two and a half weeks ago, the Lord really dire- redirected my heart to teach on a different subject. So I guess in one hand, that's good um, because it's really coming from my heart. Uh, on the other hand, it was difficult because then I had to start a whole uh, series of lessons back over again. So I felt like it wasn't put together as properly as it should be. Didn't have all maybe all the verses that I would really like to have. But I do know one thing, the Lord is in this. And so despite of myself, uh, so get Isaac White out of the way and let the Lord speak. That's what I'm really asking the Lord to do here today is that the Lord to really speak through me because I see this as a subject that um, it's one that we're familiar with and when we, we talk about the subject and one that I think we hear quite a bit and even the portion of scripture we're going to go to um, is one that we pretty much all have memorized but the way we're going to approach it I think will really be a big benefit to us in our life and what we do if we really just take the time necessary to really let the Lord speak to you. So I'm just going to really encourage you. I know I'm going to stumble. I know I'm going to stagger over points. I know I'm not going to present this the way it should be. Um, that wouldn't matter if I had a month prepare or not. That's just the way I am. I'm not an eloquent speaker. But that's okay because we have the Word of God. And God can speak to anyone's heart no matter who's up here bringing it because that's the power of the Word of God. And that was what always brings me joy when I get up here is because it's the Word of God. And you can't go wrong with that. So um, let's take our Bibles, turn to Psalms chapter 23. So before you roll your eyes. We're going to approach this a little bit different, but Psalm chapter 23, I know this is familiar, and, but don't get tuned off already because you said, oh man, I've heard this a million times. We read it. We, man, my, my kids know this, and they're only three years old, okay? So that's okay. It's a good portion of scripture. Psalms chapter 23, and um, we're going to read the whole Psalms here. I'll read it for you, and uh, then we'll go into the lesson here today. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The way of the shepherd. Let's pray. 
Father, I come before you today, Lord, and Father, you know I need your help so much, and I wish I had the skills and abilities to get up here, Lord, and just to bring forth the scriptures in the way that it should be, but Lord, I don't have that. So the only thing I know to do is to ask you that you would fill me with your spirit, that you'd help me to say the words that come from you and that would be a help to your people, Lord. These are your people, and you want them to draw closer to you. You want me to draw closer to you. And we can only do that, Lord, by taking the scriptures and applying it to our hearts. So, Lord, as I come today, and we bring forth this scripture, Lord, that we're all so very familiar with, and we th think about the way of the shepherd, Lord, I really do pray that you'd call my nerves, that you'd help me to speak forth the truth of the word of God. And I pray these things in your precious name. Amen. Men. You know, the cool thing about the shepherd, and here we got Psalms chapter 23, and again, we, we all know that Psalms, we've memorized it, we know it. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And you think about the shepherd, and as I was, I was thinking about this portion of scriptures and thinking about the shepherd, and it's one of the analogies that God uses throughout the entire scriptures, from the Old Testament all the way through the New Testament. So there in of itself, I thought was pretty cool that God uses the way of the shepherd. And I know that we don't often think of shepherds nowadays because we don't have a lot of shepherds, especially in the area that we live. We don't see people who are going around and shepherding, and the way we do sheep and flocks are completely different than they did back in the Bible. But we think about the way of the shepherd, and that's what we're going to be talking about. And we're actually going to be talking about a couple of different things here today and different ways that we can apply this psalm into our life. But you know what? The, the Bible refers to the prophets. He referred to them as shepherds in the Old Testament. They're the shepherds of the flock of Israel. Uh, pastors in the New Testament, the bishops, the pastors, they refer to as shepherds. You know, God talks to them about being shepherds. Um, Christ was training his disciples to be shepherds. Did he not say to John, feed my feed my lambs, trying to teach John the way of the shepherd, trying to take care of the sheep. Of course, we know that Jesus Christ is referred to as a great shepherd. Uh, it says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. We know that Christ is a good shepherd. Obviously, we're reading it here in Psalms. We're reading it here in the New Testament. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 20 says, Our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant. You know, and then, of course, we're, we are, as believers... The nation of Israel in the Old Testament was referred to as sheep, and then we as believers in the New Testament are referred to as sheep as well. And so there's a lot of analogies, and there's many other portions of scriptures where it's got the shepherd and the sheep, and we, God is using that analogy to drive home his point or to really bring into light the way of the shepherd. But here in the very first verse here, Psalms chapter 23, when I started reading through this, and uh, maybe, maybe this didn't, doesn't jump off the page like it did for me. But the very, very beginning, it says, the Lord is what? What's the next word? My. The Lord. Okay, that's, that right there, the Lord, it could be a message right there. But the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord, he didn't say the Lord is the shepherd. Of course, there's a portion of scripture that says that. But here, it's saying the Lord. David is saying the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. That is a really an amazing portion of scripture where David is bringing to light his walk and his relationship with Jesus Christ. He is his shepherd. He's making it personal there that the Lord is my shepherd. You know, through this study of, we're going to call it the way of the shepherd, we're going to be applying the shepherd principle to two areas of our life. The first is what kind of shepherd are we? And that's the one I think that we tend to miss here in the analogy and the look of the shepherd throughout the scriptures. But what kind of shepherd are we and do we have the mindset of a shepherd? And then, of course, the other one is going to be, how are you allowing God to shepherd your life? And that's the one I think we're really more familiar with and we'll be applying these principles. But as we go throughout this, I want you to keep that in your mind. You know, the way of the shepherd, 
with God's, your relationship with Christ, and then also your relationship with other people in your life. Shepherd. So, shepherd is basically coming down to the area of leadership. Is that not what a shepherd does? He leadeth me besides the still waters. He restoreth my soul. Jesus Christ is the leader. We should be following after him. And as a shepherd, that is what a shepherd does. He leads. And the area of leadership is very, very important. And it's one of the things I don't think we talk about enough. Now, we allude to it, right, in the teachings of the scriptures and as we try to live our life and different things like that. But the area of leadership could be so much better in our churches how we disciple people, how we lead people, how we lead our families, how we lead those that we're in with at work, how we lead, lead our wives. There's areas of leadership or the areas of the shepherd that are so very important that I'm hoping that through this lesson that you'll be able to understand greater the importance of the area of being the leader. So over the next four weeks, if the Lord tarries is coming and nothing happens during Sunday school and somebody else takes a lesson or anything like that, I have, we have seven principles that I'd like to get through. Now, I'm guessing we're going to get through four because there's four weeks. <laughs> but I'm really hoping that we can knock out seven. I'm pretty sure we're only going to get through one here today. And the first area of the way of the shepherd is that we need to know the condition of our flock. Look back here at Psalms 23. The Lord is my shepherd. In John chapter 10, verse 14, don't turn, I'm going to read it for you because we all know it. It says, I am the good shepherd and I what? Do you remember? What's it say? Nope, not laid down. That's a different portion of scripture. And I know my sheep. I am the good shepherd. A good shepherd, a good shepherd knows his sheep. He said, I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep and I know known of mine. So the sheep also know him. But know the condition of your flock. And so as I was thinking of the shepherd and what shepherds did back in the Bible and maybe what they even do today in different areas of the world maybe, and then I was thinking, thinking of David, you know, how, of course, we know he was a shepherd, and we have the analogy there. Jay was a real shepherd. He actually shepherded sheep before he's a king of Israel. And I was thinking of what shepherds do. And I was looking up some stories of shepherds and reading some stories of shepherds. And, you know, when you're a good shepherd, you know, you're with your sheep a lot. Actually, you're with your sheep most of the time. You take your sheep different pastures. You lead them. You guide them, just like we read about in Psalms. Uh, but a good shepherd also checks over his sheep to make sure he knows what, he's, what he has. You know, he'll check the sheep to make sure their hooves aren't cracked. You know, your shoes are a little cracked, but good thing it's not your hoof. Amen? No. He checks over, make sure their hooves aren't cracked. He'll, he'll check them, make sure there's no sores on their body. He wants to make sure he's, they're okay. He'll make sure that they, where they're going, the pasture that they're going to, there's no big holes in the ground where they can break a leg or something like that. He'll make sure there's no wild animals that can maybe come in and get to the flock. Uh, a good shepherd is going to go check over his sheep, make sure that, you know, they, there's no bugs that are getting infested in their skin and different things like that. That's just what a good shepherd does. A good shepherd knows his sheep. And actually, a good shepherd, a lot of times, will name some of the sheep. Now, I don't know about you, but when I look at a flock of sheep, you know what they look like? A flock of sheep. They don't really look any different to me. You know, I'm kind of like, well, they all pretty much look the same. I mean, some are bigger, some are smaller, but I couldn't tell you, you know, if that one is really different than that one. But a good shepherd... When he looks at his sheep, he looks at his sheep and he knows what each sheep is. When he looks at his sheep, he, he mentally looks over his flock and he counts one, two, three, four, as he wakes up that morning, five, six, you know, depending on how big his flock is, seven, eight, nine, ten, fifty-five, hundred, I don't know. But you know what he wants to make sure too? That all his sheep are there. Make sure a sheep didn't wander away in the night or an animal, maybe a predator took it. 
So he's going to know his sheep. He's going to check his sheep. He's going to make sure his sheep are all there. And that's just what a good shepherd does. Psalm chapter 23, verse 4. Let's read it. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For what? For thou art with me. If you're going to know the condition of your flock, you have to be near your flock. And you might say, Isaac, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not really following you, Isaac. You know, I mean, the shepherd, I get it. You know, we're supposed to be near God. You know, obviously that applies to us there. But what are, what are you talking about? I don't, I'm not really following you. What, what do you mean I'm the shepherd and I, I have sheep? Well, you, it, whether you believe it or not, everyone in this room is a leader of something or someone. If you're a husband, you have the leadership of your family. You have your wife that you're supposed to lead. You have your children that you're supposed to lead. If you go to work every day and you have anyone underneath you at all in a management position, those can be your sheep that you're leading every single day. Those are the people that you're supposed to be shepherding. If you teach a Sunday school class, well, you have some sheep there every Sunday that you're leading. If you have children at home as a mother, <laughs> believe it or not, those are your sheep. And I'm sure they can be naughty. Amen? It could be those rebellious sheep that we talk about. But as a mother, you have those sheep that you're leading you're guiding. If you are a grandma or a grandpa and you have some grandchildren or some other children maybe, no matter how old or how young they may be, that does not negate that you still should be the shepherd and still be leading in those areas. So if you're going to be a good shepherd, you have to be near your sheep. You know what? God desires to be near to us, doesn't he? God desires to have that nearness, that closeness, the closer you are with Christ, the better you're going to know each other. It's hard if you decide to walk away from Christ and put yourself all the way over here. You know what? It's hard to be near the shepherd. It's hard to hear the shepherd's voice. It's hard to get the leading direction of the shepherd when you're not near to the shepherd, when you're not by the shepherd. How are you supposed to get to know your shepherd if you don't go near your shepherd? There's a lot of Christians out there, a lot of sheep that have that are not being, I won't say have not have the desire, because I don't think that's maybe necessarily true, because I think a lot of us do have that desire. But on the flip side, they don't take the steps necessary to be near their shepherd. And if you are going to know the condition of your flock, you need to be near him. That says, thou art with me. Why wasn't David afraid when he went through the valley of shadow of death? Because his shepherd was right there. Why is it the case that when we go through the valley of the shadow of death, or through something in our life, we're not near our shepherd, near him to lead and guide and direct us in our life. And why is it when we're supposed to be shepherding people below us and we're supposed to be leading those around us that we're not near to those people? You think about the relationship of a wife and a husband. That relationship should be very, very near and dear, right? should be very close. There's problems arise when that relationship starts to come apart. As a husband and a wife to your children, you're supposed to be near your children. This actually really struck me pretty hard because, you know what? There's a lot of times I don't take the time necessary to be near my children. Because you know what? We don't look at them like we should a lot of times. Sometimes we look at our children like annoyances, especially maybe, maybe not as they get older, but I don't know, maybe it's when they go, I don't want to bend that stage yet. <laughs> maybe they're just as bad. But it's when they're younger, you know what? And you come home for work and they're all yelling and they're screaming and they're all over the place. You need to have the heart of a shepherd. You need to be near your children. 
Maybe if we as shepherds were nearer to our children, some of the children wouldn't go where they go. And that's not always the rule, because you know what? Christ is a great shepherd, and he has a whole lot of sheep that are running away, right? But still, it doesn't negate our responsibility to be near to our sheep. Oh, there's some more stuff on there, but I have to get going here. So be near your sheep. Be near them. Also, we talked about this already, but you need to count your sheep. Make sure none of them are missing. You know, I thought about this um, on Sunday mornings. Uh, our pastor's so very good, because you know what? He stands up here. You know what he's doing when he's standing up here? He's counting his sheep. He's, he's already said it today. Wow, we got a lot of people missing. And the pastor knows you're not here. You know, you know why he does that? Because he's a good shepherd. Amen? He's a really good shepherd to us as a, as a body of believers. But he's out here counting his sheep. He's making sure we're where we're supposed to be. He's making sure that, oh, looks like, uh, looks like uh, that person's missing or that person's not here. Oh, wow. I'm looking at that person over there. And they, they look kind of down today. He's looking at his sheep. He's counting his sheep. And you know what? We need to do the same thing. Because you know what? Some of our sheep are people that are underneath us, people that we're supposed to be leading, Sometimes they start to wander a little bit. And you know what? A good shepherd doesn't go over here and, you know, I got these sheep behind me, but man, there's a lot, there's a lot of work to keep these sheep rounded up behind me or keep these, these you know, I'm just going to let them wander a little bit. Let them go over there and, you know, maybe if they get too far, I'll go get them. But, you know, let them wander, keep let them go. No, that's not what a good shepherd does. A good shepherd sees a sheep that's wandering and he walks over there and tries to get that sheep back. You know, come over, come back over here, come back over here with, with the fold, you know. And when you see maybe one of your kids start to wander a little bit, I know it's hard because they wander a lot, like every 10 minutes they wander, you know, but you know what we need to do? We need to shepherd them. We need to get them back. I'm telling you, it's a lot of work to be a good shepherd, you know, but when you're counting your sheep and you're looking and, you know, for me, I, when I get home, there's, there's six sheep there, you know, sometimes it feels like 66, but there's really only six sheep. And so, um, but I, you know, I get home, I don't ever count my kids because it'll take, you know, all right there, so. It always feels like there's more than I have, but, you know, but count your, count your sheep. Make sure that there's nothing there. You know, let's take our Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 18. This is a portion of scripture, and it's talking about the lost sheep, and I know it's talking about salvation principle here, but I think it's really good for us to read it too. But Matthew chapter 18, we'll start in verse 11. We know this story, this parable, the lost sheep. Verse 11, if you're there, say amen, I guess. Because that's what we're supposed to do, right? When we're Baptists, we say amen when we get the right scripture. All right, here we go. Verse 11, chapter 18 of Matthew. For the Son of Man has come to save, and to save that which was lost. How think ye, if a man have a hundred sheep, and one of them be gone astray, doth he not leave the ninety and nine, and go unto the mountains, and seeketh the which is gone astray? And if so be that he find it, verily I say unto you, he rejoice. He rejoices. More of that sheep than of the ninety-nine which went not astray. It's very easy for us, church, I'm going to speak to us as a church body in this area. It's very easy for us when, a sh when somebody walks away not to go after that sheep. We can apply this to the body of believers at the church. When somebody maybe starts falling away from the Lord, we kind of let them go sometimes, don't we? We don't run after that sheep. We don't go encourage that sheep to come back. We don't try to go find that sheep. We just say, oh, well, that's a bummer. We'll pray for them. <laughs> You know, we'll, we'll pray for them that they come back. You know, we'll pray. But no, we need to have the heart of a shepherd in every area of our life, from our families to our work to our church in every area. If we had that heart of the shepherd as a church, I guarantee you there wouldn't be as many missing sheep as there are today. Yes. When you have a friend, a dear friend, and they start to walk away from the Lord, go after that friend. Amen. Go encourage that friend. 
Go try to be a shepherd to that friend. Try to bring them back. Because you know what? There's a lot of rejoicing that goes on when that person comes back to the fold. And that only can not only apply to those that we know that are already Christians, but this also needs to apply to how we are witnessing and how we're bringing people, the sheep, back in. Do you know there's a lot of sheep that God wants saved? They are. There's a lot of sheep. And you know, the Bible says, I rejoice every time a sheep's brought to the fold. There's a young man that was just led to the Lord, and um, uh, one of my friends texted me and, and told me how he had led that young man to the Lord, you know, sitting there. And I was thinking, how precious. That's one of God's sheep. And he was able to go, and it wasn't just him. It was a lot of other people that, that had tried to bring that young man to the fold. But he was able to go, find that sheep, talk to that sheep, lead that sheep, and be a good shepherd. And now that sheep is part of God's fold. That's precious. And there's a lot of rejoicing that goes along with that. So don't forget to count your sheep. It's very easy to forget that we should be shepherds bringing sheep into the fold of God. So make sure none of your sheep are missing. Whether it's those people underneath you, at church, or abroad, or even yourself, make sure that you have counted the sheep. So be near your sheep, count your sheep, spend time with your sheep. I'm not going to read the whole Psalms again, but Psalms 23 it keeps talking about the Lord is my shepherd. He, I don't know if you'd see how many times it says he in there. He laid me lie down in the green pastures. He restoreth my soul. Yea, Lord, if I shall death, the Lord, if you nor evil. All that right there, that whole time, the shepherd is spending time with his sheep. He is there spending time with his sheep. How much time are we spending with our sheep? This kind of goes to the first point of be near your sheep. Obviously, if you're near your sheep, you can spend time with them. But you know what? You can be near sheep and not really spend time with them. Do you know that? I can, I can go to work every day and have people underneath me, and I'm pretty, pretty near to them. But, you know, that doesn't mean I'm spending time with them. Do you know that you can sit, th- sit every morning with your Bible? This is amazing. This is amazing how this happens. Hopefully, it doesn't only happen to me. But I can sit there on my porch. At 6 o'clock in the morning, and the sun is rising, and I open my Bible, and I'm really near to God, because isn't God the Scriptures? But you know what? Sometimes it just, an hour goes by, and I didn't really spend time with God. I was near Him. I mean, the, the Bible was sitting in my lap, but I didn't really take the time to really spend time with God. I was thinking of other things. I wasn't thinking about God. I wasn't thinking about what did God want me to do that day, or how he wanted me to lead my sheep, or what, really, you know, honestly, I was thinking about stuff for myself, and what I had to do, and the direction I wanted to go, and try to figure out problems before they even happen, or problems I think were going to happen that day. I wasn't really spending time with God. There'd be a lot less sheep running away from God if the sheep would just spend time with their shepherd. You know what? Coming here and sitting every Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night, if you do that, that's good time with the shepherd. That's not enough time. That's not enough time. I, I couldn't lead people underneath me if I spent an hour with them a week. How are you really spending time with those that you're leading? How, what kind of time are you spending with your children? What kind of time are you spending with your wife? What kind of time are you spending with those people at work that are underneath you? Are you spending time with them to really shepherd them? Or are you just managing them? <laughs> you know, oh, I just got to get stuff done. This is my list of stuff we have to get done. And I'm putting the team together. And this is what we're getting done because you're so focused on results. Because that's the day and age that we live in, right? But are you really focused on shepherding those people that are underneath you? How about ministry? How about teaching Sunday school class or Bible school or going on the camping trip or preparing a lesson? 
You know why there's not a lot of really good shepherds? Because it is a lot of work to be a good shepherd. But are you spending time with God? Oh, there's a lot more I want to say on that point, but I think you get it. Spend time with your shepherd. Take the time necessary. And don't, don't deceive yourself. I think we all know when we're not spending time with our shepherd. I think we like to deceive ourselves and saying, oh, look at I have my devotions, or I listened to an audiobook that talked about the Lord, or I podcast, or you know, I put on um, the Bible reading on my way to work. Man, yes, the half an hour with the Lord right there. You know? We all know we're spending time with our shepherd. And you know what? Those around you, your family, your children, they also know when you're spending time with the shepherd and when you're not. I know when I haven't spent time with my shepherd. I know when my wife hasn't spent time with the shepherd. And I really know when my children haven't spent time with their shepherd. Amen? So, make sure you're spending that time with your shepherd. Oh, Psalm chapter 23. I'm actually still in Matthew. I'm going to turn back over there. I'm going to read another portion right here. Psalm chapter 23, verse 2. He says, or excuse me, verse 3. He restoreth my soul. This is talking about the good shepherd again. He restoreth my soul. One thing that we need to do as a shepherd, a good shepherd, when they find, see problems with their sheep, they're going to take care of them. A good shepherd takes care of the problems with the sheep. Would it be very good of our shepherd, our pastor, if he knew there was a problem and he didn't take care of it? I mean, raise your hand if you like taking care of problems. Sam, you like taking care of problems? Praise the Lord, I'm going to text you every day. No. <laughs> For mo- I, some people don't really mind taking care of problems, but I would say as a general rule, very few, few of us really want to have a problem that day and take care of it. I mean, I think some of us find gratitude in like, hey, I took care of that problem, I got it done, I understand that. But it, it is kind of a drag when there's a problem after problem after problem, and you got to go there and you got to take care of it, okay? Think about your children and all the problems that maybe arise every single day. Does it get wearing to take care of a problem, to take care of a problem, to take care of a fight, to take care of a wrong attitude, to take care of this, to take care of that? And you're just like, an hour later, you're like, oh, my word. If I've been home for an hour, and it's like nonstop shepherding, crazy. But you know what? That's what a good shepherd does. He sees an area that there's a problem, and he goes and he takes care of that. If you're at work, and you have those below you, and you realize, you're near, first of all, you're near to your sheep, so you can see this, right? You're spending time with your sheep, so if you don't spend time or near your sheep and count your sheep, you're not going to know if there's a problem anyways. So you know what a lot of times happens with us as parents? And, I'm, I, and I apologize for keep using the parent analogy. That's just where I'm at in my life, okay? So you're going to have to put up with that for the next four weeks. But when, you know, when we're parents and we're not near our sheep and spend time with our sheep, we don't count our sheep, we're not there, we don't usually know when there's a problem with our sheep. You know what happens? We don't really find it right away until it's really a really big problem. So really, like I'm not a, a good shepherd is not a good shepherd, a bad shepherd. He doesn't really check his sheep, know his sheep, all that kind of stuff. And then before you know it, he's like, oh my word, the sheep's missing a leg. What happened? Yeah, that's a bad shepherd, amen? You know? You know, but you know what happens in us? We, sometimes stuff happens and we're like, oh my word, what happened to this person? What happened to my child? Where, where did that heart come from? Why do they go do this? Well, why did that church member leave? Or why did my best friend just walk away from everything? Oh, we didn't spend time. We weren't really knowing. We weren't counting our sheep. And then maybe when we saw a little problem, we didn't want to take the time to, to address it. 
when we saw a little heart attitude popping up, we were like, you know, I'm just tired. I'm a tired shepherd. I don't want to mess with that right now. You know what? We need to learn to be a good shepherd. We need to make sure that we're addressing the problems when we see them. And especially if there's those people that are below you that you're your sheep. You know, you can be a teenager and have sheep. I think of my sisters uh, that come over to watch my children. Do you know that when they're there and as they go out, they're, they're shepherding my children for me too? You know? You know, what it, you know, you can either be a shepherd or you can be a hireling. You know what a hireling does? He does it because he's getting paid to do it. He doesn't really care. He's only doing his job, right? But a shepherd cares. You know, I think it's such a blessing for my children to have aunts and uncles who care, to have grandparents who care. Because you know what? It makes my job as shepherding a whole lot easier when I'm over here and there's another shepherd right behind me doing the exact same thing and another shepherd doing the exact same thing. So you know what? The same thing's true when you come to church. You got our pastor that's shepherding. You got our youth leader who's shepherding. You got the Sunday school teachers that should be shepherding. And you know what? And you got the parents who are shepherding. You know what the, the point is? Is we got shepherd after shepherd. They all have the heart of the shepherd and they all want to know the way of the shepherd. There's a whole lot better chance for those sheep to stay on the right track and be taken care of. But when one shepherd or two shepherds or maybe three shepherds in the line stop shepherding and they're only, they're only doing it for show, I'm only coming to church and being a Sunday school teacher because it makes me look good, or I'm only doing it because I've been doing it for 20 years and I don't want to really know the way of the shepherd, I don't have a heart of the shepherd, you're missing that opportunity to really be the shepherd that God wants you to be. Think about that the next time you have people underneath you. Address those problems with your sheep. The Lord, the very first verse we read this morning, we said, the Lord is what? My shepherd. You know what a shepherd does? He makes it personable, right? When pastor looks over the church, he can look at the church as a group of people, or he can look at the church as Phil, Mr. and Mrs. Vincent, Ethan and Rachel, Daniel and Julia, Isaac, Chromebox, and that's the way the pastor looks at it, right? It's personable for him. You can't look at the group of people that you're underneath and say, oh, this is my team below me, you know, and just look at them as a team to get stuff done, or, you know, these are my children. No, you're, they're individual people. And unfortunately, you just can't shepherd everybody the exact same way. I wish it was the case. I wish every kid you could shepherd the exact same way, but you can't. They're all different. They have different needs, abilities, attitudes, and attitudes, and other attitudes. I didn't know there could be so many attitudes, so I had kids, but there's a lot, especially for those, never mind. There's a lot of attitudes. But you know what? Jesus knows us by name. Jesus isn't, I mean, there's an overall church, but you know what? Jesus is my shepherd, Isaac White's shepherd. I have that personal walk with God. God knows us each by name and desires a personal relationship. He cares about those things that only you know about in your life. Do you have a personal, intimate walk with the Lord Jesus Christ? Have you allowed yourself to have that closeness that can only come by that personal walk with God? To him the porteth openeth, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name, and he leadeth them out. Just like God has that close walk and personal relationship with us, so are we to have that with those that we are shepherding. And that's different for every one of us. But I hope you're bringing those two things together there. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. 
You cannot shepherd or lead what you do not know. So if you are going to be a good shepherd, you have to know your sheep. And these five ways that we talked about how to know your sheep today are some principles that we can really start to instill into our life. And you know why? Because the great shepherd, he laid it all out for us. We have the best example if we'll just open up the word of God and read it. And there is so much more in the scriptures about this, and I don't feel like I really brought it all the way I wanted to. But I hope you understand that if you're going to be a good shepherd, you have to know your sheep. You have to know your sheep. A good shepherd looks over his sheep every day to make careful that he knows what's going on. Do you really know your sheep? Those who are you leading? Your wife, your children, your employees, your students, your disciples? Does not God say go out and make disciples? We should, that's why I'm saying we all should be shepherds in some way, shape, and form. We should all have somebody underneath us that we are shepherding, we're discipling. Are you near them? Do you make sure that they're even there? Do you spend time with them? Do you address the problems that you find? Are you personal with them? People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. I'm not sure who said that. It wasn't me, for sure, because I'm not that smart. But isn't that really true? People don't know. They don't care until they know how much you care. If you want to become a great shepherd or leader, whichever you want to say, then you're going to have to learn the way of the shepherd. And if you're going to learn the way of the shepherd, you have to know your sheep. And then applying that to us ourselves personally, do you let God, the shepherd, really know you? Or are you kind of standoffish with God? Every time God wants to draw near to you, doesn't God say, draw near to me, I'll draw near to you? But every time God wants to draw near to you, you're kind of like, whoa, that's a little close, God. I know, I know you just pricked my heart there in that message, but I'm not going forward because that's just a little too close for me. I'm really comfortable over here where I want to be. I don't want to be near my shepherd. No, none of, I don't think any of us would sit here and say that, but the actions that we have demonstrate that in our life, that we don't really want to be near our shepherd. But God does desire to be near us, and God really desires to know us, and he does. Do you stay near to God on a daily basis? Do you make sure that you're even there in the pasture with him, or have you wandered away? Boop, 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 boop. There we go. Wandered down the wrong trail again. Are you in God's pasture? Do you spend time with God every day? Do you allow God to fix your problems? You know what our problems are? Sin. You know what? God's really good at fixing sin. Amen? But do you even allow God to fix your problem? That'd be like having a sheep with a broken leg, and every time the shepherd came to come mend the leg, the sheep's like, ooh, you know, wobbling away. And the shepherd's like, Are you, I just need to fix your leg, man, then you can walk. And then it's like, God, same thing with us. Oh, hey, I need to fix that sin in your life so you can walk correctly. You can do what you're supposed to do. And here we go, oh, no, here comes the good shepherd. Got to run away from him. No, we can't do that. We need to let God fix it. No, it's not fun. Is it fun to have your, I've been, I broke like four bones in my body. I don't know why I'm super careful, but I do. But um, somehow that happened in just random ways. I broke arms and wrists and collarbones and all kinds of stuff. But you know what? It was never fun to go have the doctor fix my broken bone. It really hurt. But you know what? I'm sure I'm glad I did because you know what I'd look like right now? I'd be like this. I had, seriously, I broke a lot of bones in my body. So listen. God wants to fix that in your life. He wants to fix those broken bones. You have to let him do it. Stop running away from God. Do you have a personal relationship with God? We're done. Are you content with letting God shepherd your life? Let's pray.
You have been listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We hope this message was a blessing and encouragement to you. If you would like more messages, visit our website at fbcclarklake.org, where all of our messages can be downloaded for free. Also, you can subscribe to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. All of our messages are available for free. If you want to keep up to date on what's going on at Fellowship, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, where you can see what's happening happening at Fellowship Baptist Church. If you'd like to visit us, Fellowship Baptist Church is located at 3200 Reed Road, Clark Lake, Michigan. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you back here again next time.